Chicago Tomahawk. I'm Mike, and I got my linemate Matt with me. And today, we're going over the, the last couple of Blackhawks games. Uh, what everyone can't seem to stop talking about, Patrick Kane and what he's going to do. I'm standing firm in my prediction. And um, some NHL news. So, Matt, Blackhawks have been on a five-game winning streak. Is this the longest of the season? Uh, probably the longest in the last two years, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> they, um, and, and they haven't been beating, you know, say like run of the muck teams, you know, like Anaheim and, and Phoenix, you know, they've been beating, uh, Tor- they, they beat Toronto, um, Dallas. They beat da- Dallas, yeah. you know, they, they've beat some teams that are, you know, heading into the, into the playoffs with the really good records. And, um, Yesterday they did it without Patrick Kane because he got sent home. Rumor is he's going to NYR, to the Rangers, the Rags. Matt, how are the Blackhawks uh, pulling these these strings of wins together when we're trying to <laughs> trying to tank? I don't know, man. The, the new kids that we're calling up are just kind of I don't know what it is. It's crazy. They're scoring their first and their first shots, first shifts, and. Uh... I, they're just playing very well, actually. I, the goaltending's been good. I think Mrazek had 42, 44 saves yesterday. And that's good. Defense has been solid. And it's weird. It's very weird that we're beating, you know, like Toronto and Dallas. Very surprised about that. I Like you said, it's not like we're beating up on Phoenix and, you know, all the, the lower tier teams. But we're, they're actually playing hard against these really good teams. It's It's good to see. but. You, you still want to be in the bottom five for that uh, first round uh, lottery chance. So we'll see. Last night, uh, David Gus, an Orland Park native, scored his first his first uh, Blackhawks goal. Was that on his first shift, Matt? First shift, first shot. <laughs> yep. And here's Keep something I, I remembered going back in the day. Uh, Taves, first shift, first shot. First goal and against and it was against the Sharks too. It's kind of crazy how that wow. coincidence is. Yeah, uh, that's incredible. Yeah, I, I, you know, to be honest with you, him. Um, you know, we've had Cole Gutman uh, that, that's come up. You know, Gutman is playing, man. You know, like he's um, he, that he understands the assignment that he's playing for a a job, and um, I think that he's kind of surprised me. I think he's been pretty noticeable out there uh, in the games that he's played. Yeah. Uh, I actually had a buddy who goes to a lot of Wolves and, you know, Rockford games. He told me that Gust was probably one of the best guys he's seen in the last couple games he's been going. He goes, this guy was all over the ice and he looked fantastic. And I did a little research looking back. He he played for the Wolves last year and uh, he thought about retiring, which is crazy. He didn't, he didn't feel like he was getting any opportunities anywhere. And uh, I guess the Ice Hogs called and he playing really well and he got that two-year extension and you know he played his first game yesterday and <laughs> scored on his first shot it's very impressive and it's good to see these uh you know these gems come up because uh the last couple of years man all these call-ups really haven't been all that special like we've been kind of let down you know like Bodan was kind of a hyped guy I mean you were we were excited about and didn't really pan out Mitchell still I think needs another year uh, you know, because he got hurt in the beginning of the year. He did not really get a fair fair shake here. But, um, yeah, man, it's good to see these young guys stepping up for us because we, we need some help. Kershaw scored um, yesterday. And, you know, dude, I think that he's been someone who is, I think, finally getting over that hump t- to make it into the to the NHL. He's been noticeable all season. How are you feeling about Kershaw maybe going into next year? Yeah, I... When he was playing with Kane, he looked really, really good. He looked comfortable, and, and you know the plus minus isn't that good. I mean, really, no one on the team's got a good plus minus, but uh, his numbers are still low. But he does look like he's really improved, and I would, I would really, I, I'd probably like to see him one more year. Maybe put him with Reichel, put him with a skilled guy, and give him a chance and see what he can do. That's what that's what I would like to try with him. Okay. Do you, um, what, what kind of line do you think that he would be on? Is he more of a third liner, second liner? What do you think? I think on a rebuilding team, he's definitely a top six. I, you know what? I really liked him with Max Domi too. I'd like to see like a Max Domi, Reichel, Kershev type of line. If Max Domi stays, which I'm really okay with. I think he's been a really good Blackhawk this year. 
He scored last night. I think he's really close to 20. And uh, he's got, I think he got his teeth knocked out yesterday with a high stick, no, oh. no penalty call, and ended up scoring right when he came back. Dude's a gamer. I mean, I, I love type, like that type, like Andrew Shaw, Adam Burrish types guys. This kid's definitely got more skill than those guys, but uh, yeah. If I'm like, I'm really surprised he wasn't scratched last night. Being so close to the deadline, I thought teams would be all over him. Even I, I predicted like Edmonton. I think they could use a little toughness with him. But uh, like I said, if he's not dealt, I'm I'm happy with that, and I think they should get on the extension talk right away. Do you think that Davidson is thinking like, hey, you know, Domi's the kind of kid that I want to keep around here. I think that he's possibly a natural leader. That guy, he keeps things loose. They say uh, Anthony Siu is really good um, in the locker room. He's a great locker room guy. They say he helps keep things light in there, um, even when, um, you know, they've had a lot of adversity this year, that he's been one of those guys who typically is in there, you know, keeping the guys, um, you know, keeping the guys in line not in line but like you know keeping them loose yeah uh i didn't never heard that about him but i've heard rumors about him even getting a lot of interest uh, i think buffalo was interested in him i mean that speed is really really impressive and if he could just kind of get it together and stay consistent he could be a very dangerous player on any team he just uh he's got to find that consistency i think but going back to domi i man yeah you're right he's got a lot of leadership uh, traits and qualities. I think he'd really he'd benefit, uh, you know, a, a rebuilding team very well. And I know he he really enjoyed playing with Kaner. I I, I kind of would like to see those guys play together more, but uh, we're gonna have to wait and see. But I one th- I think Davison should give this guy a two year extension, maybe three years, even if it depends on what they work out. If they're if they don't. Ha- plan on resigning him though they they got to try to move him but they got to be careful if you're going to keep playing him so close to the deadline I mean that's how bad stuff happens I mean look last night he took that stick to the mouth that could have been far worse you know if he had to get like some surgery or a broken jaw or whatever I still think he would play but that's the stuff you got to be careful with with this deadline coming yeah yeah um I, I like him too man to be honest with you um there's been no I've heard no talk about Domi you know, really, he well, probably because earlier we did, yeah, kind of <clears throat> earlier, off. yeah. I would probably say because maybe Kane is taking up all of the highlight, uh, high headlines right now, yeah. But uh, I, I'd like to see him stick around, especially on a rebuilding team. I think he's one of those guys who I think that he personally wants to be a part of an organization, not just a player on the team. You know, he wants to be like, hey, look, kid. We like you. We like what you bring to the to the team. Uh, we want you to be a part of this organization, kind of like how, um, you know, Patrick Sharp and and Brent Seabrook, like how those guys were kind of treated. How they're like essentially a part of the organization, where you know other players come in and they kind of just fill roles. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think he he's kind of been looking for that ever since you know Phoenix. I mean, he, right. he was supposed to be the man there, and it, you know they ended up getting rid of him and. Poor guy's been bouncing around quite a bit, and he's had nothing but good things to say about this team and the city. And I mean, he was even throwing shades at Columbus, you know. And yeah, he ends up talking smack about that that city, and you know, he goes out against them and scores a goal. And yeah, yeah, whatever, I don't care, I'm not sorry, you know. But I, <laughs> I, 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 like I said, I would love to have him here. I one of my uh, favorite players this season. So the Hawks made trades with the Sens. We got Nikita Zaitsev and two picks for future considerations. Those considerations were not named uh, during the deal. Essentially, I think this just helps Ottawa with with cap space. So um, Kane's last two games, man, I'll tell you what, um, he's been tearing it up, dude. He's got, what, seven goals, eight games, and I think five assists or six assists, something like that. Yeah, it's unreal. He's back. Showtime yeah. is back. Yep. Everyone started talking shit, and he's like, all right, well, whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna. I'll start scoring some points. You know, my hips are awful. Team. Yeah, <laughs> my hips don't lie. Yeah. <laughs> so they're saying that a deal is in place between the Rangers and the Hawks. Uh, to be honest with you, I think that they're still talking. I think that the, the, there's an offer on the table. Patrick Kane was sent home last night. He didn't play in last night's game. Uh, probably to, he was probably notified by Davidson saying, "Hey, look, here's a deal that we have from New York." Uh, this is what they want to give us. We send you, um, you know, what, 
you know, what do you think type of a deal. He probably went home to talk it over with his family, you know, and, and, um, he's probably having a hard time, man. I mean, he came here as a young kid. He made this place a home, you know, and he's deciding on whether he, he met a girl from here, has a kid with her, you know, and now he's deciding whether he's going to leave for, you know, a few months to go with the Rangers who, to be honest with you, I think that they might be bounced out in the first round and just to come back where he can essentially just stay, wear a Hawks sweater, you know, his entire career and continue to climb the, um, you know, the all-time list of, uh, of Hawks greats. I think it's a really hell of a decision for him to make. It's not any easier knowing that Taves is on the mend and they're kind of not doing it together. You know, his probably his first big decision that he's had to make as a player without uh, Taves' involvement, you know? Yeah. yeah. And um, looking for a way forward. Where are you at? I know that I'm, I'm still saying it. Patrick Kane stays. Where are you at, man? Uh, you know what? If, if they didn't send him home yesterday, I was, you know, hoping he would, you know, it, it looks like he's going to stay, but, uh, yeah, it's very, very tough if they sent him home to go think about it, but, you know, New York, I don't really know if they have anything like good to offer us. You know, I, right. I don't know if it would be worth it. Even if it, David's, if, even if he wants to go, it's not going to benefit the Hawks, then don't do it. You know I mean? There's. They they moved that Russian kid yesterday to Vancouver, and I thought he was a part of the trade. Kravtsov. Yeah, I thought we would Kravtsov? we would get this kid, and he's gone. So we're not going to get an NHL player. We're going to get you know probably a good prospect. I'm hearing defensive kids. Uh, I I forget. There's so many names now, but I don't want to I don't want to get attached to one and get. Oh yeah, we're going to get this guy, and we we don't even get a guy close to it, but. And there's no first round pick involved, which is, yeah, it's going to be a higher pick and you never know type of thing. It's not like it's a top five early pick. So it could be all up in the air, but sending him home to, if he was, I think he was actually in California, correct? So mm-hmm. he made the trip and they sent him home. That's, that's kind of, uh, that's weird to me. So it, it, it might seem like he does want to go. And it's probably the only team he wants to go to. And I agree with you. Like, the, this team could... The, the, I watched their full game yesterday against uh, Ovi and the Caps. They walked all over the Rangers yesterday. All over them. And their problem wasn't scoring. It was their defense. And we know Patrick Kane is all offense. He's not known for his defense. He'll never be known for his defense. I think that's their big need. And I think they're making a mistake, honestly. So... I think the Rangers could get bounced in the first round very easily, too, because Shesterkin's not playing well either. And they better get it together and figure it out, because I, I know another defenseman went down in that game, too, uh, Lindgren. Lindgren, who, yeah. He's a big minutes guy there. He's very important. And you know what? He was in a sling yesterday. They said something was his shoulders off. That's going to be a couple weeks. So they might want to rethink it anyway. Like, okay, maybe we should trade for a defenseman. Like even like a like a Jake McCabe, you know, like a guy yeah. that is available like that. Now and you're gonna make a trade for Kane and possibly move some good prospects. Okay, I guess it won't hurt you now, but in the future it could. But you, your need is defense. And I, I I've talked to a couple of Rangers fans and they're all excited because it's Patrick Kane. Of course. I if I'm a Rangers fan and a guy from New York, a uh, uh, three-time Stanley Cup, you know, hero. We got an MVP. Of course, it's it's exciting as hell. But there's a lot of them that don't want him because they they think their real issue is defense. And I, after watching that game yesterday, I think their issue is defense. I think Kane will help, and it will be very cool to see the Breadman and Kane reunite. I mean, Not those long. guys were absolute <laughs> money together. It's going to be cool, but in the playoffs, it's a more defensive game. And it's not going to be 7-5 games. It's going to be closer games. And 3 to I, 2, 4 to I, 3. Yeah, exactly. I think it's going to be it's going to the Rangers should think about it too. I mean, I want Kane to stay. But it's not I but the Rangers I think after that injury last night, if I'm Chris Drury, I'm taking a step back and say, "Hold, hold on here." I, I got a guy who's going to be out for a couple months. We're in a we're in the sixth I I 
sixth or seventh, um, the playoff spot. They're not even in the top three. So you got to win these games. I mean, I think they're going to still make it, but they're going to match up against a really good team. So, yeah, I like going back to your question, though, I know it was a couple minutes ago because I'm ranting on a little bit, but I think sending him home the other yesterday was probably a sign like this could very realistically happen, which sucks. I think that you made a really good point about Lindgren because actually it was something that I wanted to talk about. He, uh, like you said, he does chew up big minutes for the, uh, for the Rangers. Now they do need a guy who can, who can chew up some minutes. He's in a sling. If he's got a shoulder dislocation, you know, we're, we're looking at four to six weeks, you know, minimum for this guy to, to try to get his shoulder right, dependent on uh, what kind of a shoulder dislocation he had, because there's one where, you know, you pop it back in, you'll be okay in a few weeks. Then there's others that where if you tear your labrum, you need to have your, um, you need to have surgery on that and, or else there's going to be instability in your shoulder and you can't play. Yep. You can't play with it. So he'll be shut down. They'll shut yeah. him down to the playoffs. So, yeah. Yeah. And that, that, that's a huge problem because they need a Mark Savard type of guy, a McCabe type of a guy. To be honest with you, <laughs> you know, maybe they're like, hey, you know what? How about we do a McCabe deal and then, uh, and then take it from there, you know? Um, I mean, Kane can help. But, but like you said, man, these are going to be three to two overtime wins, um, four to three OT wins. You know, they're not really high scoring affairs in the in the playoffs, unless, you know, we're talking about Carolina and the lightning. Remember that a couple of years back where Carolina was up like five to one, end up losing seven to five. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember watching that game. I was absolutely, I couldn't believe it. They just, they had like a, um, you know, kind of just a carousel going to the penalty box. Yeah. They and, beat themselves. Yeah. And Tampa just kept on scoring on them on, on these. I'm like, I can't believe this. There's another penalty and they get another power play goal. I'm like, this is yeah, incredible. Poking the bear. I mean, even if you think about this, if they do land Kane, I don't think they could be Boston right now. I mean, for yeah. shit's sake, Boston's goalie scoring goals. I don't know if you saw that. Allmark <laughs> scored a goal last night, an open netter still, but that team's on fire right now. I, I Don't count Tampa out. That team's still amazing. They're playoff, you know, they're like the Hawks were. They're playoff, they know how to, they're tested, they know what to do to win. Uh, I don't even, honestly, man, I think Toronto made some good moves. I, I think the only thing that's going to hold Toronto back is the inexperience in net. But the Rangers, man, even like, Carolina. I think Carolina, I mean, they've been embarrassed enough. I think they're going to get over the hump this year. I I mean, I'd like to see them add even a Max Domi, a guy like him, bring him back, get him in that bottom six, even mid six guys. I don't think the Rangers can beat Carolina. I don't even think the Rangers could beat Tampa. Maybe even the Leafs or Boston. The East is so good this year. So I think Tampa can beat the can beat the Rangers. Only well, I do too. Yeah, I think the Rangers are hurting right now, which is a big a big part of it. They're not at their you know full strength right now, and I think because of that, they can get bounced. I think the Rangers' turning point this year was trading Ryan Reeves. I think yeah. they traded their heart and soul in that locker room, and ever since that day, they've struggled. I mean, even the Hawks put the beat down them. You know, when uh, Jacob Trouba went on, went on his little, uh, he went on a little tirade. He was hitting guys. I mean, they were good hits and everything. He's fighting Taves and trying to get his team sparked. But they, they made that trade, and this, they just weren't the same team. I mean, last year they lost in Game 7. I mean, that was their Stanley Cup to most of the Rangers fans. They thought, yeah. oh, yeah, we made it far. Yeah, he didn't win. You haven't won anything since 94. So. Yeah. This is like, they got like a two-year window, I think. No, no. I, and now the first round is going to be insane for the East. It, it is going to be insane. There are so many good teams. Lafferty was also a healthy scratch in that Sharks game. I wanted to mention him because he's a, you know, a favorite of mine. Um, I, I'd really hate to see him go, but he has interest from the Bruins, the Oilers, the Lightning, and the Leafs. What if the Lightning get a guy like Lafferty, man? It's like getting another haggle. You know, yeah, and two I years think, in a row. I think Lafferty might be a better penalty killer, and centers are more valuable. I mean, this guy can win faceoffs, and yeah, that would be a crazy trade if Tampa pulled that off. I I did hear that Boston 
is kind of taking a step back from Lafferty because they made that trade with Washington the other day. They okay. brought in uh, Orloff from Washington, a defenseman. So I think they might be done. Maybe, maybe I, don't count them out yet, but that the, the Pegnata from the fourth period said that it's, it's very unlikely now that they're going to do that because they went with uh, another defenseman. But even even going to the Leafs, can you imagine him on that team too? Their centers already. They have wow. five. They'll have five centers. Include, and maybe they're going to plan on keeping Tavares on the wing and maybe they're going to move Camp up, David Camp, and maybe they're going to want, you know, Lafferty to play fourth line center. And their center Camp would, is such a, such a scorer now. <laughs> oh, I know. He's got, well, doubled, doubled in his Blackhawks career. I mean, he's got four or five goals then. I mean, I, the faceoffs were great and everything, but yeah, I mean, they if were, you, they you were. can't score, you're, it comes down to that too, bud. So I think I think between him and Taves, they're the only two who could win a faceoff. Yeah, that year was brutal. Yeah, yeah. Faceoffs have been very good this year, and going back to faceoffs anyway with uh, what's his name, Ryan O'Reilly has been a faceoff demon for the Leafs. Yeah. They're raving about him. That was a great trade, and I think he's gonna. You know, you I kind of <laughs> I would like to see him fail because I'm just a dick. But <laughs> I, I think the Leafs could get over that that hump this year and get into the second round. I'm not. I don't think they're going to get past the second round, but yeah. possibly the first round. The, the, these guys have to. They have to wake up. The GM's doing everything he can. He's bringing in players every year to help. They they got to start performing sooner or later. Yeah, yeah. You know, O'Reilly was. I'd say O'Reilly and Bergeron were the two guys, man. I think that that have really give um really give Taves a run for his money when they play. His oh, face percentage is yeah, yeah, it's yeah. usually down to about fifty percent on each of them when they play each other. You know, it's usually pretty evenly matched, which is pretty incredible because Taves is so dominant at the face at the faceoff dot when he plays anybody else. And the problem with Taves is he can win the faceoff, but we we suck so bad we lose the puck. But when <laughs> Ryan O'Reilly wins a faceoff, yeah. they can hold the his first shift. They had they were in the zone for like two minutes. Wow. And, and he had like three shots in his first shift. That's how good the Leafs are. When when you when you're a puck possession team, that faceoff is huge. That's why Boston is so good and Toronto's so good. They got these guys that like Bergeron buckles down and he, he steps up. He's a great leader, very underrated leader. I know Chara wore that C for a long time, but Bergeron Bergeron could have easily been that captain of that team too for many years. Absolutely. And it's the first time in 20 years that there hasn't been Keith, Siebes, Taves, or Kane in the Hawks lineup, which is uh, yeah. truly incredible. Kane is not gone yet. I would like to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, uh, it, you know, we are approaching the end of an era. But before we go any further, I want to talk about Manscaped because they're selling beard products. They are once again revolutionizing men's grooming with the brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. From a beard trim to a fresh shave, the technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape your signature beard look. Now, you can finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpet by going to manscaped.com and using code TOMAHAWK20 for 20% off and free shipping. Now, it's time to tame your mane. No one likes a weird beard, so say goodbye to all your stubble trouble with Manscaped Pro Beard Kit. The Beer Hedger, one stroke, one gar, 20 lengths. So you get 20% off free shipping with the code Tomahawk20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code Tomahawk20. I love their products. I think that they're great. Take my word for it. Get the, get the body wash. Get the, uh, the shampoo. It smells great. They even got lip balm, which, uh, which works out well too, because during the winter time out here in the in the north, you gotta have some chapstick. So, back to the podcast. Pat Foley did a radio radio show podcast on his retirement, how he's happy and doesn't miss it, but somewhat threw some shots at the current Hawks. Matt, what did Pat Foley have to say? So I don't know if you listened to it, but he came on a show. Uh, Dan McNeil. He was a former score guy that got fired a couple of years ago. And he's got his own little pod radio show, I think, in Indiana, like a local bar. And uh, Foley came in. and uh, I like him already. Yeah. And he uh, he was asking, you know, they, they seem like these guys know each other. So they were kind of laid back. They had some beers together. It was a video, like a video thing, too. And um, Danny goes, so do you miss your job? And he goes, absolutely not. 
I mean, he's like, do you see what's going on over there? Like, just throwing little shots here and there. Like, this current, the management team, uh, they dug their own grave, he said. <laughs> so, and and stuff like that. And he he also said that, you know, he wanted to keep going for another two years. But watching, you know, seeing what's going on, he's... He's actually happy he made his decision. And um, he didn't really say anything about Vosters either, which I thought mm. maybe he would uh, say, yeah, this kid's kind of goofy or something like that. But he's just, he's classy. Uh, he was also asked, um, you know, like, what do you, do you miss anything? And he said he misses Eddie and he missses Dale. He had some good partners over the years. and Yeah, he did. It, it was actually a really good podcast. He was uh, talking about, they were kind of giving him rapid-fire questions, like who was the best goalie you've ever seen, you know, it, during your career. And he, he said Balfour. He goes, I watched Eddie get 200 wins. It was unbelievable. Surprised he didn't, you know, give Corey Crawford any love, but being, you know, winning the two championships, but. Yeah, he did say Eddie was probably his favorite goalie. Uh, Keith Magnuson was a big part of his, uh, you know, his. He loved him, and uh, it it was good to hear him. He says he's he, honestly he's he's kind of an ambassador. He said, but not like Chelly and Savvy. He says he he if they ask him to come to something, he'll come. But he uh, he's trying to stay away. He said he's uh, just enjoying life. He said he went skiing in the mountains a couple weeks ago. He said it was great. He's been golfing a lot. And he said he really hasn't been watching much hockey. And it, it's kind of sad, man, because he was like the voice of a lot of, you know, the generation, the soundtrack to the Blackhawks, if you if you think about it. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I think that the, the Hawks did a poor job with him at the end. I think they should have kept him involved more like, like a full-time ambassador type of guy. I think that'd be cool if he's at the games, you know, meeting, greeting people and, you know, doing little like radio shows or even like a, be like Pat Boyle's job. I think Pat Foley would be amazing at it, but kind of left in, they left and he kind of, he seems a bit bitter about it, but I think he's, he's moving on and he, he was joking. He's been fired twice by the Blackhawks now and Danny Mac was, uh, yeah, I've been fired by the score twice, and they they call me back, blah blah blah, and they're joking about it, and it, it was good to hear him again. That's uh, but I recommend it. It's Dan McNeil's uh, podcast. You could probably find it on his page, but if you want to get some Foley action, that's uh, it's it's about an hour, but it's really good. Yeah, you know what? I I think you know once the breakup happens, you know, even with Chelios, you know, you could say yeah you would see him coming back for quite a, quite a bit, you know, with, you know, with, uh, with Foley, he's been with the Blackhawks for so long and, you know, maybe he's looking to just kind of live life a little bit, you know, because, you know, with all of the, tra- the travel that he's done with the team, you know, for so many years and being on the road and now he's got time to go skiing and do all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure that, that he really enjoys it. Um, I, I think that, you hit the nail right on the head. I think that he would be really, really good in, in, in Pat Boyle's job. And, you know, to Pat Boyle's credit, I think that he gives a lot of effort into what he does and that um, he definitely gives a, a, a good amount of effort to be who he is. Vosters and, and Sharpie, I think that they are, um, they've, they've been given like an impossible yeah. a, a, assignment. Yeah, it's like coaching take, after Q. Kyle yeah, had no chance. To, yeah. to take over after Foley and um, and Eddie O, you know that's insane. Especially for Sharp to be a full time full time guy, you know, you know he spent some time in the booth, but you know he needed more experience. And, he, and to be honest with you, to his credit, he's gotten a lot better as this, as, as the year has gone on. You know, he's been calling out plays, you know, calling out missed assignments on things, things that he was not doing. At the beginning of um, at the beginning of the season, so yeah, I think easy. that he, I think easy. that he's doing good. Um, Vosters, um, you know, he's just in a bad spot, um, in an impossible spot, you know, to you know, to his credit. But he shows up a uh, game in and game out. He prepares himself for the games, uh, which is you know, um, you know, a credit to himself. And um, I don't think anybody would have been a good 
a good replacement for for Pat Foley. Well, that that's another thing Foley said in the podcast. He goes, "You guys think it's just going to the game." He goes, "I have I had to prepare for a game six hours before the game. I'd have to right. look at stats." And he goes, "I do not miss that at all." And right. you know, it is hard. I mean, you gotta you gotta look up other team, the team you're playing, the stats. Then he right. goes, "There, I'd be playing a game." on my road trip and we're going to the next the next town i i don't he goes i don't know anything about this team i never watch them i gotta look at their stats their headlines and see what's going on and talk to you know get some intel from other teams uh tv guys and stuff like that he goes it was stressful and he goes the best part was actually calling the game he's like i could just kind of call it as i see it type of thing and he says he he misses that but he does not miss the prep work for it. And the prep work is usually the hardest thing, you know, in any job. Yeah. I'm even yeah. doing this podcast. Yeah. There's prep work that has to go into it and looking up stats and looking up uh, guys. I'm not saying we do what Pat Foley does, but, no. but um, you know, there is preparation into doing these things. And to be honest with you, that's probably the worst part of doing this. <laughs> yeah. This is the fun part. Just talking yeah. about it. Yeah. Just talking about yeah, hockey. You know, it, it's a lot of fun. I, I completely understand, you know, where he's coming from. So Spencer's night enters the player's assistant program. Um, I want to talk about this because um, I, I think that these guys who are entering this program, there should be a stipulation in the agreement that, you know, that this isn't named, you know, like maybe they're taking uh, a stepping away for, for the team for a little bit, because I think that it kind of invades their privacy that say they're having a substance abuse problem. They're going through this problem and then they turn on the news and it's a, and it's a picture of them. Oh, so-and-so is, 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 um, is Spencer Knight is entering the player's assistant program now uh, because he's got a problem with booze. You yeah, know, yeah. and and I think that's rough on guys. I think that was rough on on Carey Price. You know, people are saying, "Oh, of course, Carey Price has a has a problem." He's he's been playing for Montreal for the past you know fifteen years, and they suck, and they can't win a they can't win a um a Stanley Cup, even though they got the best goalie in in, in the sport. So uh, I think that these guys have a lot of pressure, and it doesn't help that they get this. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, I mean, it could mean. It could mean substance abuse. It could mean alcohol. It could mean mental health. And it, right. it shouldn't, it should just, you know, they should, it's, it's hard. They, they got to, people want to know what's happening to the guys. Like, Hey, where, where did this guy disappear to? You know, they, they should make it like an injury, you know, like uh, it's confidential. You, it's between him and his doctor and the club, not, not the media. But you know the yeah. media, they'll they'll stir it up and be like, oh, something must be going on with him. He's he failed a drug test or something. Right. And I mean, like what they're doing with Kane. There's like there's yeah. like a new report out every 10 minutes. I mean, it, it's not fair. It's not fair to a guy. Like if like if, in Carey Price, I think he was struggling with his mental health and Yeah. And I mean people were labeling, oh, he's a drunk and stuff like that. I mean, come on, dude. He's been their best player for the last decade. And just it, they should keep it private, you know, even I, I don't even like how the NHL reports the injuries now. I mean, th- there used to be guys that it would be upper body, lower body, and now they're getting real specific with everything. I mean, there was a time when we were, I think it was during the 2010 year, I think a guy got a shot in in the private areas, the, the weenie, as Dale Talon called it with uh, Pat Foley. <laughs> And they they wrote down ruptured uh, <laughs> ruptured some testicles or I don't know what happened, but they really? wrote this down on TSN, and I'm like, Jesus, dude, why the hell you got to say that? That's his business. They're reporting it and stuff like that. But yeah. I think all injuries, it's, it's this guy's out. All right, he's got an injury, and it's not it's not the media. Why, if anything, the media is making it worse. Oh yeah, he's got a he's yeah. got a really uh, he's got a sore knee. He's not going to play today. What do you think? the other team's gonna say oh yeah his knee's bad let's pound the shit out of his knee when we're playing him stuff like that yeah. i mean it should be it go should around be, the right side because he can't exactly, skate on that side. exactly yeah. it should be it should be private between the teams and unless the player wants to come out and say it yeah i got a broken arm stuff like that but when it comes to this stuff it's very private and it could be embarrassing for him and you know his family and it's just something that you don't want to add on to that and that, that's going to make it worse Right. And Spencer Nice's uh, case. 
especially considering how young he is, you know, I thought that he would have taken over the net already. Same. I, I thought Bobrovsky would have been, you know, someone would have been calling, hey, can you pay half his salary? We'll take him off your hands. And I, you know, there's teams out there, like even at the beginning of the year, I thought Edmonton, well, they got Campbell, but before, maybe two years ago, I'm like, maybe Edmonton should go get this guy because Spencer Knight's going to be a stud in that net. <laughs> yeah, he is. Um, so, um, McDavid, two goals away from number fifty, guys. Um, you're saying he's not human. No, uh, I, I don't. I don't. He's, a he's not looking human. Very. <laughs> he's a he's a machine. Uh, d- definitely, Skynet, Skynet built him, and he is just on. He's going to get two hundred points. He's sent from the future. Yeah. Um, you know what's crazy is that even McDavid playing at the rate that he is now would have been an average season for Gretzky in his day. Yeah, that's how crazy Gretz was, yeah. <laughs> and then, like they said, you could take all of his 800 goals away, 800-plus goals away, and he will still be the league leading NHL point getter ever. Yeah, by a mile. Yep. That's how many assists he's got. That's just insane. I, yeah, yeah, it's really incredible. Actually, it might even be by, like, 800 points yeah. or something like that. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, McDavid, man. Um, do you think that McDavid is enough to propel this team to the finals? Because we know that they can make it to the to the uh, Western Conference Finals. The West is kind of weak. Can they power themselves to the Stanley Cup? Uh, the Stanley Cup Finals because they're thinking offense. That's all that they're thinking over there in Edmonton. Their rumor has it they're looking to get Eric Carlson. So instead of defending, they're just going all in on <laughs> offense and they're looking to outscore by any means possible. So, so do, do you think that um that this team has what it takes to make it to the Stanley Cup finals? I do, but going back to the Carlson joke here. So they're going to win games 14 to 13 if they get Carlson <laughs> because that guy <laughs> He scored last night against the Hawks. He's having a good year. I give him that. He is putting up very good numbers as a forward playing defense this year. He is. But that is not the guy you want for the playoffs. You, going back to Jake McCabe, you want a Jake McCabe-like guy. And he, he is not the answer. But I think since the West is so not good, I don't want to say bad, they're just not that great, I think I could see Edmonton coming out on top. This year, wow! I just don't. I don't. I I saw Dallas the other night against the Hawks. Nothing special. Right. Uh, Vegas. I I think they barely. I think we beat them, and they can barely beat the Hawks. I know they play. It's different against every other team, but I just don't see it. Mark Stone's out for Vegas. Their captain. I don't. That's a big piece. Eichel ain't gonna do it by himself. And then you got Winnipeg, who is just so. Goddamn boring to watch, but Connor Hellebuck, good. Kyle Connor, good player. Just the Jets, just they're not, they're just not like a sexy team to me. I, I just think Edmonton's just going to outscore the problems this year. And I don't think they're going to beat anybody out east, but I think this is the year Connor could make it to the final. You know, the Avalanche are still in the mix. You know, they're they not could. That scary to me either. I think they're, they're all banged up still. Yeah, they're they could turn injuries. it on. They could turn it on. And Darcy Kemper was very good for those guys last year, and they let him walk, and they brought in Gorgiev, the backup from New York. He's still good, but he's never had that experience because Shesterkin always took, you know, always had the net. He's got no playoff experience. The Kings can be sneaky, too. Yeah, the Kings are good, but against Edmonton, if it's likely they're probably going to play them being in that Pacific division. They're not going to beat Edmonton. They're just Edmonton is just they're too too much too, too much up front. Yeah, crazy. I don't, I don't know any other team in the West that you know that could. It'd probably be Colorado, but like I said, they're not they're not making that much noise this year. I mean, Dallas is leading the division, and Dallas is kind of old. Hey, Tyler Sagan, Jamie Ben, Joe Pavelski, Ryan Suter. I mean, you got Jason Robertson, who's good. Yeah, Rupe Hints, good. Jake Ottinger, and that's pretty good, but I mean that's an old team, so yeah. I I just don't think that they're gonna. I think it's it's Edmonton's year to get to that final, and if they can gut it out and win a best of seven against one of those powerhouse out east, good for them. But it's gonna be tough. Can they do it without any injuries? That's the question. But Connor is gonna have to elevate his game even more. 
against the which East, is, which is insane because he's playing yeah. like a freak of nature right now. I mean, he there was a clip of him skating backwards, and he did like a, a I don't even know what the move is called. He cut in between them. He didn't score, but it was like, how the hell did he do that? Guy's just a freak. And then you got the second best player in the league, Dreisaitl, who's unbelievable. I mean, he's like, I think he's like 25 points in second place behind McDavid. That's how good McDavid's playing right now. Yeah. I mean, they should just make a trophy for the third place guy for the next five years because these guys are going to be at the top every year. You know, Jack Johnson uh, mentioned yesterday, they were talking, he was talking about defending in the league today. And he says a big, a big difference between now and when he came into the league is how you play guys. Um, How say you have like a two on one is how you play uh, two guys because before um, guys would either pass it. And if there wasn't a lane to pass, then the guy would automatically shoot. He says, typically that doesn't happen anymore because Mm-hmm. The guys there are so skilled that anybody can saucer it backhand or forehand. He says Kaner's been saucing it, been the best at it for a long time. But but guys coming in the league today, everybody's able to sauce it now, and uh, everybody's doing it. Okay. So he says it makes it difficult to, uh, to defend. Well, now. on a two on one, the defenseman his role is to stay in the middle and get the pass. The goalie right. is supposed to challenge the shooter, but. In my day, the defenseman, the team I played for, the, the the one of the better teams I played for, our coach wanted the defenseman to lay on the ground, drop to the ground, slide towards the net, take away that low pass. But like you said, guys are so good now, they could sauce over the guy. But yeah. then he would expect his goalies, you know, to get out on top of the crease, take the net away, and challenge the shooter. But now if you do that, these guys are so good, they can stop so fast. They can hit yeah. like an oncoming guy, you know, coming in, and there's a guy on the ground in front of the goalie. The goalie's collision, you know, collided with his uh, defenseman, and the guy yeah. could possibly bury an open net. There's so many different scenarios. It's insane. Right. But in like Kane, picture Kane and Taves coming down on a two on one. Kane could put the brakes on and just keep dangling until the goalie's jockstrap is gone. <laughs> and, and then that pass won't even matter anymore. It's just, it's insane how good guys are now. Like back in the day, yeah. it was, you, you just see a defenseman laying there. That guy fires a pass, hits him right in the chest, the play's dead, you know? So Jack, okay. John, I agree with Jack Johnson. It, it is harder to stop a two-on-one now. Yeah, yeah. So your predictions out of the West is going to be, uh, it's going to be the Oilers. And out so. of, do, you, do you have one out of the East or do you want to save that for Ooh. next week? Well, even like we like what we said, if Kane goes to New York, I still think that's not good enough. I I think it's this is going to be tough. I I think Tampa or Carolina. But the thing is, the first round, there's going to be some really elite teams bounced out of it. <laughs> so yeah. it's gonna it's hard. It's hard. But I think Rod Brendamore's got these guys focused this year. And it, don't count Boston. I'll look at the year they're having. That's just the thing, though, that that President's Cup jinx. You know, you, you win that President's Cup and you're terrible, like Detroit used to do all those years. And I think the last President's Cup team to win were, was the uh, 2013 Hawks. So yeah. it's it's hard to win a cup and win that President's Trophy. It's almost like a huge jinx. But, yeah, I, I think Boston, it's hard, man. I, like I said, the top four teams are probably Boston, Toronto, Carolina, and Tampa for me. I just I can't make a pick yet. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Tampa. And if Tampa doesn't make it, I think it's going to be Toronto. I think that they're just built. They're built properly up and down. And um, they're sacrificed a lot over the last couple of years. I mean, they've been giving a lot of picks away to get these guys. And Ryan O'Reilly's a very good piece, that defensive center that you need. I think that was a, Probably the best trade of the uh, of this deadline so far. Yeah, that's probably been um, other than the the Campbell trade. I would probably say one of their top their top uh, their top trades. Yeah. So, what is your favorite Patrick Kane moment? Do you want me to go first? Go ahead. My favorite Patrick Kane moment was when OT might have been twenty fifteen versus uh ot win versus uh the kings 
uh, when him and uh, Johnny were on the, the breakaway. On yeah. They're on the breakaway. Uh, Johnny passed it. Kaner scored. Kaner, uh, you know, turned around, did the heartbreaker celebration. <laughs> that was it, man. It was a big one for me because um, watching them lose in 2014 to the Kings was too much to bear. <laughs> yeah, it was a tough one. That game seven yeah. overtime, they both deserve to go on to the next round, man. I'll be honest with you, even how much I hated the Kings, I I, I had to give them their credit, man, because they were just such a they just they were they were just matched up so well between the Blackhawks that it made the Stanley Cup finals, you know, like not even worth watching. You <laughs> yeah, know, that was it. The winner was the West. Yeah. That was. Yeah. It was. Uh essentially the West kind of turned into the East nowadays. So um yeah, it was it was that uh that win against the Kings. What about you? Well the the twenty ten, obviously the twenty ten uh Stanley Cup clinching goal against Philly. I mean, that's right up there, but I have another one against the Canucks. That I think it was 2009. Mm-hmm. And the I th- Well, they were they were ripping him the whole series. Patrick Kane, yeah. he can't he can't play or he can't score even strength. 5 on 5. He right. can't Willie Mitchell. I he can't score 5 on 5. That guy's brutal. And he goes out and gets a hat trick all 5 on 5. Just yeah. just made Roberto Lolongo's bitch that series, yeah. and for me that was kind of like, hey man, I'm 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 the man now, like you shut the hell up type of moment, and yeah. uh, that that was a good one for me, those two, but probably I got to give the edge to that Stanley Cup the 2010 because, you know, I waited so long, I I was very young in '91, I don't remember it, like in the, in that final against Pittsburgh, but for this I like I was going to the games. Like very consistently from 2006 to you know 2010, like almost every home game I went to, and I put I invested a lot of money and time into that team. And when he scored that, I was like, oh, my investment paid off. You know, it was so awesome. And it <laughs> just felt awesome. It was that was probably the best moment for me. But that runner up that against that, uh, it might have been 2010, but I think it was 09 against uh, th- Vancouver. Because that was awesome. that was in the playoffs, wasn't it? Yeah, that was the second round. Yeah, we, that we was beat, that we beat Calgary, and yeah, when we that was right. 09 then, because that was that our was on, first time back in ten years in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I want to awesome. say I was at uh, I want was I I might have watched that game at ESPN Zone with Kim because okay. we had just started dating. And uh, I was like, hey, we're, I'm going to take you to, uh, we're going to go watch the Hawks here, you know, because she learned very early that um, hockey comes first. Yes. <laughs> she understood the priorities. Yeah. And um, I was at that. Game. I remember that because when he scored that hat, that because that was actually one of one of my favorites. Uh, I think when he scored his hat trick, it was off of the backhand from like. Behind the he net was almost. Like, he, yeah. No, he was like by the Oh no, that was the second he, goal. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And he burned Willie Mitchell doing it, I think. Yeah. yeah. It was like he was practically by the blue line, wasn't he? So With he made bl- like up. one move and like Lou committed to the shot, I think, and he just wicked backhander over the yeah. glove and it was like, oh my god, how From the hell distance. did he do that? Like and I was I was shocked. Yeah, it was very <laughs> impressive. And then he had a goal. I think it was like a wraparound like goal. And I think it was his second goal of the game. And I just remember it because I was in my, I think you went to a couple of my, my uh, seats when I was selling tickets, but it was 323. All you do, you'd look down a little bit. And that, that was right. the net. And I just remember seeing Kane behind the net. And I think Taves was his line mate at the time. I forget who his other line mate was, but. The, it might have been Troy Brower. It could have been, but Lou, I don't know what he was doing. It's like he didn't know Kaner was there, and it happened so fast. It was like a pass behind the net, boom, flip it to the front, wraparound like goal. And Lou right. couldn't believe it. And I just saw it trickling. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, this is number two. He's going to get a hattie. And I, it, I just remember, like, it was that was a very emotional series, too, because it was kind of back and forth with the freaking Sedin sisters. Going mm-hmm. back and you know getting power yeah. play goals, those guys were good. It was a six to five game, wasn't it? It was a very high scoring game. Yeah, and you know what, dude? Buff, we were down too. Buff was yeah. his line mate because remember they oh, moved okay. him up to forward. 
Oh right, right. Because he was playing defense against the Flames that first that first round, I think, because uh, right. there was an injury. But oh my god, dude, that was a crazy series. And the man, they should do a, a thirty for thirty on those. Just the two years alone, even three yeah. years, I think they met. I think oh nine, ten, and eleven they met. And it was it was a bloodbath, man. It was that was very entertaining hockey to watch. I'm gonna miss that so much. Yeah. Especially because they're both not very good now. Uh, yeah, it's, it's brutal. Yeah, all those guys are gone. Like, it's an end of an era for, like, a lot of teams. Like, all those, like, Kesslers and, you know, yeah. Biescas are gone. The Sedins are long done. Burroughs is, it's crazy. Time I'll flies. I'll never forget. I'll never forget seeing Kane and just like, man, I hope this kid never gets hurt. You know, he just looks so small out there. But he made it so difficult to hit him, though, at the same time, you know? Which is yeah. why I think guys, I think that they stopped where they were like, hey, look, stop trying to hit this kid because he's just going to stick handle his way out of it. That was stop trying to hit him. issue. That was their yeah. issue. They couldn't get away from the tough guy game. And yeah. the Hawks power play was, I mean, I think Buff had like Smooth, four power yeah. play goals that series. I think he yeah. got a hat trick in Vancouver the next game. That's how uh, good he was playing. And even David Boland, he, he kind of emerged that series too as like the, the, the the pest, you know, the the agitator, yeah. the the Troy Murray shutdown man, and yeah. he had a great series. Man, it was great times, man. If you're listening, do us a favor, hit us up. You can email us or get us on Twitter. Let us know what your favorite Patrick Kane moment is. Uh, we'd love to hear what it is. Uh, I've got you know a few more I'd like to share, but that's it. That's all that we got for you tonight. Thank you so so much for listening. Um, we'll catch you on the next one. This is Tom Hawk. We're out of here. Oh,